And we are back here on CFL Free Agent Frenzy 2023 and uh, halfway through almost hour number seven. We've got uh, an hour and about 40 minutes left to go here on the opening day of CFL Free Agency. Uh, Ryan Coop here. Michael Garrell is here. We're currently joined by Ryan Ballantyne from the CFL Horseman Radio Podcast. We just finished talking all things Calgary Stampeders. Great chat about uh, where they're at currently in free agency and what uh, we may see them do or need to do going forward. Uh, Ryan, we've got you here for a little bit longer still. Uh, I want to see, want to check in with you on what else is going on around the CFL. Uh, what's, what do you want to talk about here? I'll open it up to you. What stands out to you from the other eight teams around the league as, uh, as big news coming today? Uh, I think uh, Hamilton's just, complete disregard for a salary cap. I don't know what I, I, I'm not aware of what they're paying everybody, uh, but it seems like they're paying everybody. Um, so uh, they're, they're bringing in everybody. Um, you know, I, I think when you, you look at Bo's contract, that was a healthy amount of money. Um, and then they go out and uh, as you can see there, Duke Williams and Joel Figueroa, they bring back to Garrett Davis. So it'll be great to see the Ticats in the gray cup again. Um, you're the you know, third I person think, to make that joke today. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, 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 but if you're a general manager and Jagarrett Davis calls you and goes, Hey, what are you offering? Anything, anything, because yeah. you're a guaranteed trip to the gray cup. Um, Quaku going there as well. Uh, that's, that's big for them. Uh, I know um, he didn't get in there. So it just seems like there's a lot of big names and they're all ending up on the tiger cats, but they've got the gray cup at home this year. So what are they willing to give up? I mean, let's not forget that this is a salary management system with a luxury tax. This isn't a hard cap. So it wouldn't surprise me to find out after the fact that Hamilton's just like, you know what? Screw it. We'll call We'll give up a draft pick to go over the cap and sign everybody. If it gets us to a great cup win after so long, right. you know, if it gets us to a great cup win at home, I mean, personally, as a, as a football I know. Give up every draft pick. Spend ten million dollars. I don't care. Get me a Grey Cup championship. I don't. I don't. You know. I don't care what it costs. I don't care if you cheat. I mean, it's not even cheating because you've got the you've got the mechanism in place to to specifically address what happens if you go over. So might as well go over. You know, go all in. Get get what you can. Get a Grey Cup. Caretaker Bob has waited long enough. Get the man a ring. Um, uh, you've seen Bo Levi Mitchell play a ton, obviously, over yes. in Calgary. One of the top quarterbacks in the CFL uh, of all time, and especially in the past decade, future Hall of Famer there. He's going over to Hamilton this season. You mentioned some of the p- other pieces they brought in there. How do you think Bo's going to do here in uh, in Hamilton? And what do you make of a three-year contract for him with the Ticats? I'm... I, I'd be very curious to know the structure of that deal um, and how that deal was put together. Uh, I think, you know, I want to be wrong that Bo's got three, li- that, uh, you know, I believe, I don't believe Bo's got three years left. Um, but there's nothing saying that they can't sign him. And if he's good, he's good. And if he's not good, then, you know, we all know football, you know, I, I don't know about the structure of the contract and whether or not there's any guaranteed money there, which I don't, 
think there can be on a new team, new contract anyway. Yeah, I think that was a stipulation in the CBA because he so, did not play with them in 2022. Uh, no guaranteed contract there. Well, what does it matter? You know, I, give him a 10-year deal. You can still cut him <laughs> after one year. You know, like it, it doesn't um, – length and term in football doesn't mean anything. Bo may believe he's going to play until he's 36, and I hope he does. I hope he plays incredibly well. Uh, if the Stampeders are not in the Grey Cup this year and Hamilton is, uh, you will find me to be the biggest Hamilton fan in the room. Uh, mostly because I'll also be cheering hard against the other West team as I do uh, whenever Calgary's not in because, you know, I'm not letting the Western team win the Cup. That's gross. The, the only Western team that should win the Cup is Calgary. Um, but <laughs> I think I think with, with Bo, I mean, you know, let's hope he's good. I think the CFL's better when he's good. You know, I, I think the CFL is better when Bo is out there slinging it and just, you know, um, and walking around with that big chip on his shoulder and everything else. I, I think the CFL needs guys like that. The CFL needs personalities, and Bo certainly is that. And as soon as he's done, he's just a quick trip up the highway to the TSN studio where he will retire comfortably and replace some of those sad sacks that they've got on the panel now. <laughs> Ouch, a little bit of a shot there. But, uh, hey, Bo, Bo was on the panel uh, in the playoffs, right? And he did a pretty good job there. I want to jump over to the Toronto Argonauts or the Toronto Stampeders of the East or whatever you want to call them. There's yes. a bunch of familiar faces to you on this team as well, uh, as they seem to always bring in new Calgary Stampeders every offseason. Great Cup chance in 2022. Uh, what have they done so far in free agency? We haven't chatted a ton about them yet today. Darius Soraco, a big addition on the offensive line. Uh, on the D-line for Fuller and Oremolade over from the Stampeders. Thomas Costigan there. They make that trade for Jordan Williams at linebacker with the BC Lions. Looks to be replacing Hinoch Mwamba, who still don't know what's happening with him, whether he's retiring or just going to go elsewhere in free agency. Uh, and re-signing a number of guys uh, already earlier in the offseason as well. Uh, what do you think of what Toronto has done thus far as they look to run it back for another year? Well, obviously, they're looking to keep it together. The question is, uh, do they get McLeod Bethel-Thompson back or not? If not, can Chad Kelly be the guy for the Argos? Um, you know, I, I I think they've got <laughs> uh, I think they've got too many Stampeders to suck. Um, so I, I think that will be just fine. Uh, you know, Andrew Harris, I imagine, will be long term injury reserved uh, for most of the season and come out for the playoffs. Um, you know, they're they're running a little bit of the of the um, it, it seems like they're running a little bit of the uh, uh, the with the Tampa Bay Lightning game. Uh, hey, where, that's how we won back-to-back cups. I'm a Lightning fan. Yeah, where where guys are just suddenly injured for the entire season, and then oh, they're healthy come the playoffs. What a surprise! <laughs> I can't believe the work they put in to be healthy at this time. Um, it's it's crazy to me watching watching what these guys do um but i mean you know good for them i i hope it draws yeah i hope it draws attention you know like i went out to watch an argos game in toronto and but for the travel to get there um which i described as a nightmare because it was um the actual game in the stadium it's nice it's good uh i don't like the idea that the players have to walk through the concourse after the game that's kind of 
leads to some troublesome moments. Uh, Yeah, well, you know, not, yeah, not just troublesome moments, but also, like, if you don't get over to that side of the stadium before the game is over, you're stuck, and you can't get to where you need to go until all the players are off the field. Like, it just, it's not, it's not ideal. Um, But I, I mean, you know, the, the Jordan Williams, Winton McManus, and, and Pickett, I mean, that's solid. That's solid across that middle, you know, from your linebacking core. Um, that's that's a pretty uh, desirable three to have there, I think. Um, and so, yeah, I think they'll be good. You know, I think it's an arms race between them and the Ticats right now. I think nobody's expecting Montreal to make it anywhere this season, um, especially having brought in Fajardo. Um but uh, but I don't you know I, I don't like Montreal to go anywhere. Ottawa's not gotten any better, um, so I think that Toronto and Hamilton are just going to slug it out for for the best in the East. All right, Mike, you've got a couple quick questions here for Ryan. Yeah, before we uh, just a couple quick hitters on your way out, uh, Ryan. Just as a just as a quick follow up, um, to actually one of them fits into a topic that you just finished talking about. Do you feel it's time for the CFL to go to one division? Yes. And do you believe that it is unfortunate that there is a great Cup rematch so late in the season? Uh, Bo doesn't come back to Calgary. And there was one other significant... Eugene, Eugene Lewis doesn't go to Montreal. Yeah, I Eugene think there's... Lewis doesn't go to Montreal. Like... I understand it's for rivalries and for all that little kind of travel state, but isn't it about time in a nine-team lead where everybody visits everybody's stadium once and you fill the rest with divisional games, just like it used to be? Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think there there should be um, it should be every team playing every other team twice. Uh, you know, once home, once on the road, and your other two games would be your Labor Day games. Um, you know, your Labor Day games would be uh, one of the games um, that you you play an extra one against those teams, your Labor Day rivals, um, and then you find some other some other thing. I mean, as far as Geno Lewis doesn't go back to Montreal, well, the schedule was out before Geno Lewis signed. So, and the schedule was out before Bo Levi Mitchell signed. It's unfortunate that Hamilton's not coming here because that's a win uh, for Calgary because Hamilton just doesn't win here. Um, but I, it, you know, I, the schedules were made before these players signed, so it's not like they're like, oh, I can't believe Bo Levi Mitchell's not going. It's that the Tie Cats aren't. No, going. but is that a mistake? In, is that a mistake in general? I understand you have to make schedules before for marketing purposes. But shouldn't everybody visit everybody's stadium at least once a year? Ideally, yes. Um, and I think if you ever get a 10th team, wherever that happens, I know it's not going to happen on the East Coast, but maybe you get someone somewhere. Uh, I heard rumblings at one point that uh, Brett Wilson was talking about uh, maybe doing a team in Saskatoon, um, you know, and, and creating a cross-provincial rival like you have out here. Uh, that would bounce Winnipeg back where they belong in the East Division. And, uh, and then you'd have, uh, you'd have your 10 teams. Um, you know, I, I think that might be that that's when you go to 18 games and everybody plays one and home and home and you have one division, you know, that that's, that works out right now. 
because you've got these uneven divisions, there's no way to do it. Unless you just start saying, hey, you know, we're going to play every division game and one year we're all going to go east and one year you're all going to come west or something. Um, that's that's fine. I mean, that either way, it's not that big a deal. And, yes, I know Hamilton beat Calgary last year. It was the first time since the invention of the iPod. Just the iPod, not the iPhone, not like – it was the iPod was newer than Calgary's last win in or Hamilton's last win in Calgary. Maybe the um, uh, maybe the Tie Cats need to use some if they have any free agency money left to uh, fly Trey out there anytime they play in Calgary. Yeah, maybe I mean maybe that him. maybe that was the secret. Sign yeah. him to a one day deal, um, you know, run him out there with the with the other Hogs on the O line because with the beard like a beard like Trey's and mine, you can't play anything but O line. You know, well, you're not allowed to really play. Like, this is not a receiver's beard. This AJ, not... AJ Ouellette, though, has the beard at running back. Well, yeah, at running, yeah, yeah. He's kind of got that caveman thing going for him. But, like, this is not, this is not a, a, a this isn't even a linebacker's beard. This is just, you know, um, I, I feel like this goes on the O-line uh, and nothing else. I'd but, love to keep chatting with you, Ryan, but I know we got to let you go. Here yeah, you got Cliffy friends. coming in. We got Cliffy coming in. Uh, thanks so much for joining us over the past hour. It's been a blast. Always fun chatting with you here. Good luck on Big Brother Canada 11. And, uh, <laughs> where can people check out everything? Uh, I mean, you might be. We don't know. Uh, we'll find out, I guess, in a couple of weeks. Uh, if you are, seriously, good luck. If not, too bad, unfortunately. Um, but uh, where can people find uh, everything you've got going on these days, the Horseman Radio podcast and all that? Uh, CFL underscore horseman is where we are on Twitter for now. Um, I think we've got a rebrand coming here, uh, in the next couple weeks and, uh, uh, we'll be, uh, changing up the name a little bit. Um, but you can find me on all socials at BB can Ryan, um, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you follow my Instagram feed, uh, you may see one or two posts every six months. Um, but, uh, I am still loyal to the Twitter for now. Uh, until it explodes and disappears, um, and then I'll have to find something else. So BB Can Ryan on all your socials, that's where I am. Uh, that's where you can find me and yell at me and tell me about how much you love the Hamilton Tiger Cats or how that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are the new dynasty of the CFL or any other such nonsense. Uh, always love having you here, Ryan. It, uh, it's been fun. Uh, enjoy the rest of the day. Enjoy the rest of CFL free agency and all the fun of the football season to come. Pleasure as always, gents. Looking forward to talk to you again. All right. Talk to you later, Ryan. As we say goodbye to Ryan from Horseman Radio Talking Stampeders, we bring in our final guest here of the day. He's one of the hosts of the Alouette's Flight Deck podcast. Looks like he's ready to go. Let's bring in the great Cliffy B. How are you doing today, sir? Doing pretty well. How are you guys doing? Uh, Doing okay. Six and a half hours into this, getting a little bit tired, but, uh, you know, there's been a lot of good, uh, fun news to talk about, interesting news to talk about, and uh, keeps us going throughout the day here, so we can't complain. Well, as I say, it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? Exactly. Yeah, I should have stretched beforehand, though. (laughs) Uh, But... You know, we've been waiting all day to talk to you because the biggest news of the day arguably came out an hour before two before we started the show way back this morning, which is the Montreal Alouettes being uh, taken over by the CFL. There were so many ownership question marks the last couple of weeks. 
Uh, the CFL is stepping in as they try to find a new owner for the team. Uh, what do you think of uh, this bombshell dropping a couple hours before free agency? Uh, well, the funny thing is, actually, uh, we were kind of given a little bit of a heads up uh, from uh, a couple of our sources saying that uh, don't be surprised if this happens. And we tried to get confirmation and we, you know, all of a sudden everybody is super silent, right? So I don't know if they were under that's a gag order. That's what the about. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, can, I can now say that's what it was. We were we were tipped off to it and we, we tried to follow up with it, you know, doing the responsible journalism thing. And uh, all of a sudden, like, I mean, Montreal has always had a bit of a cone of silence around it, but even more so now is when, when it comes to like, you know, the ownership transferring hands to the CFL and eventually to somebody else. Yeah. I can understand why people would be a little tight lipped about it and, or didn't want to say the wrong thing to maybe scare off potential investors or what have you. So I understand there is all of a sudden people that want to talk to us are all of a sudden very tight lipped all of a sudden. So it, it happens. And we we didn't want to run with it 100% until we got, you know, at least two sources saying, yeah, this is 100% a go, but yeah, we were kind of, tipped off to it and it was just a matter of when is this going to happen did we expect this to happen the day of free agency heck no we were not expecting this at all and it it's unfortunate because it kind of cast a bit of a pall over the whole free agency thing for alouettes fans because there are certain players we wanted to keep there are certain players that we felt had to be signed and with the whole murkiness of the whole the ownership situation i can understand why certain players like uh, trevor harris or gino lewis may just say you know what I'm out of here, guys. I, I I need a little bit more stability in my life. I need to know. I need to know what's going on. The fact that you don't have a president in place is very troublesome. And you know, I I I got to get paid first and foremost. And nobody's going to fault any player for that. But the fact that you you don't even know what the ownership situation is, it's it's just so up in the air. Yeah, I can understand why uh, some players would want to go for a little bit more stability. Like just at least you know for a fact that okay, your team's going to be playing football this year. And you're going to get paid no matter what. You you know that the check's going to clear no matter what happens. So, yeah, it, it it was very it made for a very interesting tampering period because you simply just didn't know what the heck was going on with Montreal. Um, Fluffy, thanks for joining us. Uh, obviously, you know the speaking from a journalism perspective, which I mean on a daily basis, when people stop talking, chances are. Uh, there's stuff going on behind the scenes. Uh, but where does this team kind of go from here? Because I can't help but look at this as a big step backwards, at least on the field, considering all the momentum that has been gained in the last, you know, two years with the former ownership uh, aided by uh, Sid Spiegel and then uh, more recently by Jerry Stern. I can't help but think that this might be a step back not necessarily on the field, but off the field. And perhaps the CFL is trying to prevent exactly what everybody else seems to be thinking, at least from the outside. Yeah, it's understandable to to feel that way. I mean, let's not forget in 2019, just when the Alouettes had finally found their form and had an incredible season, that was the year the CFL had taken over ownership from the Wettenhall family. And once again, these questions were being asked, like, you know, is are the bills going to be paid? Are contracts going to be honored? Like, what what's going on here? Like, there was just no clear answer. And then it came down to, okay, well, is there a local group that's willing to step up and take care of the LOS that's going to ensure that this team is a viable option in the Canadian Football League for years to come, specifically in 
the province of Quebec and in Montreal itself. Then all of a sudden we were dropped with uh, the Gary Stern, Sid Spiegel group coming in and buying the Alouettes uh, out of Ontario. I was like, okay, well, at least they're willing to invest in the Alouettes and I'll give them full marks. I mean, they bought the team in early 2020, just before COVID hit and pretty much the whole world grinded to a halt. And, you know, they, they accepted it. They understood, okay, this is completely out of our hands and they were still very much willing and very much, you know, wanting to be a part of the scene. And then, unfortunately, Sid Spiegel passes away. Never got a chance to see his team actually play a game. And now you're left with Gary Stern as the face of the franchise and the face of the ownership group. And obviously, he's got bravado. He's got uh, he's full of piss and vinegar. He he wants to say, yeah, the Alouettes are the best. They're going to win every game, and everybody else sucks and all that stuff. And it was fun to have that, and it was fun to kind of get that sort of bravado going. But at the same time, you got to be able to back it up and. All of a sudden, all this bravado, everything like that just kind of went out the window when it turned out the estate of Sid Spiegel was wanting to take back control of the team. And even though they promised that the team was going to be taken care of, bills were going to be paid, he had nothing to worry about, everything was being run as per usual. Now, all of a sudden, whenever Gary would say something, you're just like, okay. I mean, yeah, it's your opinion now. Like, it's not fact. It's not something that you can necessarily put into place. And he'd have his comments and his opinions about how the team was being run. And that's all it really was. It just, it felt like he was shouting into the, into the echo chamber and nothing. So you're just kind of left wondering, okay, what if, but at the same time, you're like, okay, well, as long as the bills are being paid, as long as contracts are being signed, that's all we care about. We just want to see football being played here in Montreal. And that's all we've ever wanted at the end of the day is just to have some football being played and, just some, some sort of semblance of stability. And once again, once this free agency period got started, and once people saw, okay, Yellowets aren't talking to any free agents during this tampering period, like when you're allowed to, uh, minimal action had been done. Uh, from all, all reports, uh, appeared like Gino Lewis was not even being spoken to or just being offered like a bare minimum, just kind of like, yeah, we'll sign you if you want to stay kind of deal. Like, like that's the impression he seemed to have gotten from the Yellowets. And, I'm just if going, he wasn't going to get eight other offers across the board. Right. Like I, I guarantee you last Sunday when the tampering window opened, I guarantee his email was flooded with at least eight emails saying, Hey, Gino, how about this? You know, making like some sort of like, and you know, I, and then all the Alouettes could say is like, well, we can't really do anything because we don't know what's going on with ownership and we don't have a president in place. So we can't sign off on bonuses and things like that. So now you're left going, what, what what the hell's going on? Like you and there's just no answers. There's that's the thing that was more frustrating than anything else was there was no answers. Like silence, absolute radio silence from anyone associated with the Alouettes. Just like, well, things will be okay. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. Like, no, you can't you can't pay lip service like that. You've you've got to let people know what's going on. And had the Alouettes been able to sign Gino Lewis and make a statement saying, you know what, things are gonna be okay, nothing to worry about, folks. We're good. But instead, you get reports like that you get reports of trevor harris you know maybe not trusting ownership either and deciding that he wants to be paid and he wants to go somewhere else and be a superstar that he he knows he can be i don't blame him and you know now we're i I won't go so far as to say a a fire sale or a mass exodus but because again a lot of these are free agents like they could just as easily sign even if there was no ownership issues or anything like that but really what it comes down to is the instability that was being presented to these players I'm sure it was more than enough to, for them to say, you know what, 
I don't know if I want to take any chances. I, you know, especially Gino Lewis, who had been here since 2017, he's already been through this uh, merry-go-round, and yeah, he came out of it okay. And the Alouettes were fine until the the team got sold. But now you now you have to go through that again. That that's a pretty big ask. And I'm pretty sure at the end of the day, he just he just wants to make money. He wants to play football. He wants to win. And I'll I'll, I'll, I'll say kudos to him for doing what was best for Gino Lewis. That's that's really what it came down Absolutely. to. Would I, have, would I have loved for him to stay here? A thousand percent. I would have loved for Gino Lewis to retire at Montreal Alouette. As far as I was concerned, he was in that rarefied era of like an Anthony Calvillo or an SJ Green, guys that should have been lifers. And you know, the fact that Gino is not now not going to be a part of that, that he's going to be wearing another team's colors. I'm not going to lie; it's a pretty bitter pill to swallow. Now they had a lot of yeah. There was a lot of concern, I think, from all of us when we found out they weren't negotiating during that uh, legal tampering window, so to say, because you might miss out because half the contracts are in the drawer and ready to go uh, at that point. It seems for teams, uh, and then to know, yeah, Trevor Harris, Jake Winicky, Eugene Lewis. These are three of the bigger names of guys that aren't going to come back. That seems like negotiations soured, and they are not coming back for the Alouettes uh, had a lot of us concerned. And then the news earlier today, not knowing, you know, will they be able to sign free agents? There was uh, question marks around that, but they've actually still had a decent day in the free agent market. Let's pull it up here on our free agent tracker and take a look, uh, you know, at quarterback, they've got their duo coming into next year, Cody Fajardo, Caleb Evans, uh, at running back, they bring in James Tuck. Wide receiver Greg Ellingson, the big name addition there for the Owls. Offensive lineman Justin Lawrence, a huge piece, one of the top linemen on the market. Avery Williams, 92 tackles, about as good of a linebacker as you can bring in. Jamal Roll, uh, 16 games, great year for him last year with the Ticats. And they bring, uh, I mean, they brought in Joe, Jose Maltos also uh, as a, for some kicking depth there. I believe that one was a little bit ago, but there are some still big additions here for the team. I want to get your thoughts on the quarterback position. Trevor Harris is out. The Alouettes were one of the teams. A lot of people were wondering where they'd land come free agency. Was it going to be Fajardo? Would they make a trade for Dane Evans, perhaps? What do you think of what they ended up doing here uh, and not being able to get Trevor Harris back uh, as part of that? I'm not going to lie, and it's funny because – when Trevor Harris first came to the Alouettes, I was less than impressed with what he brought to the table in 2021. Uh, in 2022, I, I felt uh, Vernon Adams was kind of dealt a bad hand, and it was pretty clear that uh, Danny Machocha wanted Trevor Harris to be the man in Montreal. And lo and behold, he became the man. And even though there was a bit of a shaky start, once he found his way, he ended up playing some pretty damn good football. And to the point where like, I, I said, okay, I'm actually – Glad as much as I would have loved to have Vernon Adams as quarterback for this team, I'm very happy with the, the Trevor Harris that we had gotten. We had gotten the Trevor Harris we were promised initially back in 2021, so I got to give props for that. Uh, would I have liked to have seen him stay put? Sure, I, I think he had proven himself worthy enough that you know it was clear like he still has a lot left in the tank, as far as I'm concerned. I'm a little concerned about him going to Saskatchewan because I, I know they've made some moves uh, trying to shore up that O-line because that was a big thing last year with Cody Fajardo was he was just getting eaten alive out there. Despite the, the defensive or the offensive schemes of Jason Moss and Fajardo, it just wasn't clicking because the O-line just wasn't giving Cody a chance to really do his thing. Now he's coming to a much improved O-line uh, back with Jason Moss, who he does have familiarity with. Is this a recipe for success? I, 
I got to admit, I, I, when I, I said on the podcast last week that I was not sure I really wanted to be that science, that, you know, that, that experiment, if you will, to see if that really was the case. Was Cody Fajardo really that bad or was it just a matter of the O-line being bad and Jason Moss and Cody are actually a pretty good combo? So I guess we'll see. I guess now whether you want it or not, I guess we'll see. And adding on uh, Caleb Evans to effectively replace Dominique Davis, there's a lot of talent there. I think there's a lot of talent with Caleb Evans. I think uh, he was kind of thrown into a a really lousy situation because Ottawa's quarterbacking situation in 2021 was not great. Uh, 2022 had promise with Jeremiah Masoli, but then he got hurt. And then once again, Evans was kind of thrown into the mix, Uh, had to deal with Nick Arbuckle as well. So there's just a, instability in that position i don't know if evans was ever able to truly find his rhythm will he be able to get that with uh anthony calvio as his quarterbacks coach now possible i i definitely think uh he's the kind of quarterback that you know may just need a little bit more seasoning a little bit more grooming and in that case i mean who better to be showing you the ropes than the one and only anthony calvio so i think cody's going to benefit from that uh caleb evans is going to benefit from that tremendously and I'm very happy that the Alouettes were able to extend also Davis Alexander, who was the third string quarterback coming into the season last year, uh, showed out very well in training camp. I, I was very impressed with the mechanics. Definitely think there's a lot of talent there. It was just a matter of getting him some honest to goodness reps. And I got a feeling once uh, training camp opens in late May, I think we're going to see a real battle here. I, I can't say 100% that Cody Fajardo will be the undisputed starter simply because I see the talent that's there with Davis Alexander. I definitely see potential with Caleb Evans. Uh, I think Cody's got his work cut out for him. I don't think it's just going to be gift wrapped and handed to him necessarily. I think he's going to have to work for it. But I think also too, Cody is now going to have a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Like he wants to prove that what you saw of him in Saskatchewan towards the end is not that guy. And no matter what, he's going to have to prove himself to everybody. And I think he's up to the challenge. And I, I sincerely hope for our LOS fans that, he is for their sake. I really hope he is up to the challenge of proving that, Hey, I am not that guy. You signed Saskatchewan towards the end. I can be that guy. I can be the leader and I'm going to show it here in Montreal. All right. Trey is back here from uh, picking up the kids from school. Trey, everybody made it home safely and uh, back to free agency talk now. Oh yeah, man. You might hear some screams in the background, seven boys, seven and under. So it's a good time in this house, man. Oh seven boy. boys. <laughs> Oh, sorry, three boys. Three boys under seven. <laughs> okay. Sometimes wow. it sounds like seven. It does. I'm like, man, you weren't gone that long. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I found four other kids on the way home. But, yeah. Just collecting like Pokemon cards. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I want to make my own baseball team at this point. So. <laughs> uh, of course, we're talking about the Alouettes and the moves they've made here. Uh, we touched on the quarterback position uh, of the other guys that they've brought in here. Who stands out the most to you either? You know, we can talk about uh, a player they've brought in that's new or a guy they've managed to bring back and re-sign from last season. Uh, Which names are most notable to you here, Cliffy? Uh, The one I'm definitely thinking about more than anything else is Justin Lawrence. Uh, Definitely, as far as I said, I think uh, the offensive line as it sits is pretty darn good. Uh, The one thing I was kind of concerned about, though, is Christian Matt is not a young man anymore. And... I kind of see him sort of in a bit of a coaching role at this point, kind of like a, a player coach, if you will. Like I, I could see him coming in to mentor guys like uh, Pierre Olivier Lestage, 
and even a, a like a like a, son, a Sean Jamison or a Patrick Davis, who are also young, hungry guys that I think will be impact players for this offensive line in the years to come. It's just simply a matter now of giving those guys the reps. And with uh, with Lawrence coming in, that's just going to help shore things up even more. And definitely is going to help uh, Cody Fajardo sleep a little bit better at night, knowing that he's got experienced guys in front of him, not just uh, a ragtag group. I mean, I, I think this offensive line as it stands before was definitely a very solid line. Gave Trevor Harris the opportunity to do what he does very well. And now they're going to give the opportunity to Cody Fajardo, as far as I'm concerned. So adding Lawrence to that mix definitely helps a lot. That's a, that's a move I'm definitely a big fan of, and I'm eager to see how that's going to work out because ultimately it's going to mean that uh, probably Jameson or even Lestage are going to have to swing out to tackle at some point because Lawrence is a natural center. I don't see him switching positions anytime soon. And so which, in which case then Jameson, who had been the starting center for the Alouettes, does he bump down to guard? Does he swing over to tackle? Does Lestage go to tackle now? I guess we'll see when training camp starts, but uh, these are some of the moves that we're going to have to consider. And I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see how it all lines up when it's all said and done. Now take us through the defense here also for the Alouettes. Uh, they did release Mike Moore, a bit of a surprise move uh, in the last couple of days as well. Darius Pickett, he's going off uh, to the Toronto Argonauts. I believe that's, uh, I think that's finalized now, you know, they've got some pending free agents like Mike Alway, Mike Jones, Greg Reed, guys that you could see them bring back here of course they haven't signed anywhere yet but they could also be on the way out uh jamal roll avery williams the two biggest additions there and then a number of guys they've signed back are you feeling good about the defensive side of the ball or where do you think they're at currently going into 2023 i i'm definitely encouraged by the the addition of roll i I think he's one of those playmakers that uh as i said the secondary has been I won't say hit or miss necessarily. There's been a, a lot of hits. There's a, a lot of moves that they made in addition to keeping uh, Wesley Sutton and Raheem Wilson and Nafis Lyon. Those are guys you can definitely build a team around. And I definitely think those are the stars of the secondary. Uh, adding role to that as well is just tremendous, uh, which leads me to think that maybe Mike Jones might be on his way out. I sincerely hope not because he was an absolute beast. And I definitely think has a role, has a spot on this team as far as I'm concerned. I think that that's the kind of guy you definitely want to, Necessarily, not necessarily break the bank for, but if you can find a way to keep him here, I mean, he was just a bonafide playmaker for the Alouettes in 2022, and I don't see that stopping anytime soon. Like, that's the kind of guy you definitely want to have in your secondary as, as far as a ball hawk goes and making sure that he can get between receivers and make plays happen. That's the kind of guy you want to have on your team, and I sincerely hope the Alouettes do find a way to keep Mike Jones in the lineup. That being said, though, Jamal Roll, keeping him or having him on this team i'm really curious to see how that's going to work because i think uh he, he was an absolutely outstanding player and i think given the opportunity can definitely make a lot of noise here in montreal trey what are you thinking on the alouettes here i mean we talked uh we talked with cliffy already about the big uh question mark with the with the ownership situation, the CFL taking that over. We've talked about, uh, you know, Cody Fajardo coming in, Trevor Harris coming out. Uh, yeah, it seems like the Alouettes have still been busy today. But uh, I think when we were chatting earlier, we all still kind of had them as kind of the lower seed in the East Division. So are you expecting or uh, hoping for them to make some more big moves here? I hope so. But at the same time, like, they were my well, – beginning of last year, they were my number one team in the East. You know, I thought VA – 
could go out and have a heck of a year. They had like promising talent and Phil Pot and other things. And now this, who would have thought Cody Fajardo might be the starting quarter or most likely will be the starting quarterback heading into 2023. You know, it's a whole different situation and uncle Gary's not there anymore. You know, there's a whole different thing going on in Montreal. And I I just hope the on-field product, you know, doesn't, get too affected by it obviously it does but hopefully not too much affected by it but other than that they seemingly you know did okay for only getting what the green light to really do stuff today or not too long ago right so and it's a cfl you know they could finish with a six and 12 record and finish second in the east and still find their way into the great cup right you know it's it, it is what it is but um Sorry, I really didn't hear much of this conversation. I was, uh, <laughs> I got a little bit of Ryan at the end, and then I was like, "Oh, I guess I should get off my phone. I have to drive home now." Um, so, um, yeah, I was. I'm really just more interested to listen back to what you guys were talking about and about how an insider from Montreal really feels about you know now Fajardo is your guy. So yeah, that's going to be the key. I mean, there's certainly there's going to be weapons around him. I mean, the the addition of Greg Ellingson, I definitely think definitely has the potential to be interesting. I mean, the guy is a, a DPI machine. I mean, he just manages to draw opposing uh, DBs off big time and just – that's one way to move the chains as far as I'm concerned is defensive pass interference. And if Greg Ellingson can just make players bite on him like that, that's that's going to be interesting to see. I, I would have actually liked to see Ellingson here a few years ago, and I was sincerely hoping that he'd find his way here. Uh, in 2023, though, I mean, that's different. I mean, the fact is he is bringing a couple of great cup rings to the, the table as well. So, I mean, it doesn't quite replace Geno Lewis, but you know what? As far as a decent substitution, I'm not mad at that at all. I, I, I think uh, Kayon Julian Grant, Tyson Philpot, those are two young Canadian receivers that are going to be now given a lot of attention. And if Ellingson's in the mix, just – as I said, just do, doing what he does best. I mean, I, I don't consider him a burner by any stretch, but uh, he's got great hands. He ru- he runs his routes pretty well. And as I said, he draws those penalties that can help move the ball downfield even better. So that could also, too, be a bit of a relief for Cody as well as far as trying to find his way and trying to find his rhythm here in Montreal. I mean, offensively, I think this, this team definitely has the weapons to compete. Uh, I'm sincerely hoping that... Uh, in addition to William Stanback, I definitely hope Walter Fletcher finds his way back here to Montreal. He was an outstanding ad. When Stanback went down, they brought in Fletcher and in a lot of ways almost didn't skip a beat. I mean, you cannot easily replace what a William Stanback brings to the team. But Walter Fletcher, Fletcher and Jeshwin Antwi, I think, did a very respectable job stepping up in his spot. In his spot. And then when Stanback came back in time for the playoffs, you, you all of a sudden had that three-headed monster at running back. I mean... What any sort of woes that Trevor Harris was having, at least he can go back to the ground game and say, you know what, I'll just hand the rock off to any of these guys, and they've got it. And you, you saw what Stanback did in the Eastern Final. Like he had an outstanding run, which helped give the Elwitz life and just made this team, at least for a brief shining moment, gave fans hope that, okay, we got this. We can get If we can get the rest of this all together, we could end up going to the Great Cup. Let's not forget, the Elwitz were one game removed from going to the Grey Cup, despite all of the stuff that happened last year, all the extracurriculars, coaching changes, quarterback changes, all the other stuff that was going on, the Alouettes still found a way to win. And that's why, despite everything that's been going on this offseason, is it, is it troublesome? Yes. Is it concerning? 100% it is. But when I look at what this team is capable of doing, 
when I see the way these guys have rallied together and made things happen, there's no reason why this team can't be competitive. And I, I think Danny Machocha is smart enough to make the right moves. I mean, say what you will about him as a coach, but as far as general manager goes, he's made some very solid moves. He's drafted pretty well the past couple of years. I think he's done the things that need to be done. Like he he's proven that he definitely deserves to be general manager here. Jason Moss, as far as head coach goes, we'll see what happens. I, 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 I can't say I'm excited about it. I'm not mad at the choice, but at the same time, there's a, a lot of reasons for concern. And I hope those concerns will be taken care of once we see what, how he runs a training camp. To me, that's what's going to come down to is yeah, he's got the credentials. He's got things. He's got, he's got his critics. He's got some moves that uh, I'm, I'm not sure I would have agreed with as far as uh, so his coaching and clock management goes, but maybe this fresh start is exactly what he needed. So I'm going to hold all overall opinions until I see him in action this this coming May at training camp. Uh, final real quick. Sorry. Oh, I didn't realize the time, but real quick, maybe you touched on this, and I'm sorry if I missed it, but what's like the fans' um, thought in Montreal of Gary Stern? Like, what are fans going to look back at this brief time? Did the fans there like him as much as it seemed other fans did? Are they as sour at him now as other fa- like fan bases are now? What was that like? I think fans were wanting so badly to get on board, but at the same time, it we get enough talk as far as I'm concerned. Like you, you, you talk about like the other sports teams in Montreal. There's so much talk and we don't want talk. We, we, people want action. You know, it, 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 you can't, you, you want to go on Twitter and, and spout off about how you're going to murder the Argos and you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And you know, that's all well and good. And yeah, that's going to get you clicks and three down nation is going to write some very fun pieces about you. And that's all well and good. You know, there's a, there's a place for that, but at the same time, you got to have the results. If you're going to don't sing it, bring it is something I've always said, you know, you can talk all you want, but at the end of the day, when it comes time to show the receipts, we want to see wins. And you know what, as I said, they were one game away from going to the great cup. So you could look back at the 2022 season and you can nitpick on certain things, but at the end of the day, they did end up a pretty darn good team. And now the fact that because of all this ownership, situation which quite frankly should have been settled a long time ago well before free agency now you've given like now you've given these fans nothing but doubt now unfortunately i think gary stern is going to be looked at as just another charlatan which is unfortunate because we've had him on the show and super great guy but clearly not meant to be running a cfl football team I think he just got caught up in it. I think he got caught up in the excitement of the whole thing. Like it sounds cool being an owner of a football team and you get to do this, that, and the other, but I think it just got to be a bit too much. And the, the hype, the, everything else that was kind of surrounding it. I just don't think it was for him. Uh, I could be wrong. I mean, we could end up seeing him as the owner of the Atlantic schooners. If he can ever get the estate to sign off on it. And you know what? I'd say, go for it. Do that. Well, you know, you know, stern is a ship term, isn't it? So, uh, is it, isn't the stern part of a ship? No, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, well, <laughs> people smarter people, people smarter than me can figure that one out. But uh, I mean, if he really wants to be an owner in this league, I think now he's kind of had a bit of a crash course. He's kind of had a chance to see what what's doing with it. If he can get investors together and they want to start up the Atlantic scooters. Hey, have had it as far as I'm concerned. But as far as Montreal goes, I think 
realistically, you need local ownership. And there are at least a couple of groups that I've heard from that there is interest. There is definitely interest in Montreal itself, in the province of Quebec, that wants to ensure that this team is a steady, viable franchise for years to come in La Belle Province. So my hope now, now that the ZFL is overseeing things, they're kind of making sure that everything stays the course, which is what they had said from the get-go was, our job is to ensure that the Alouettes field the team in 2023 and we choose the right owners this time around. And sincerely, I hope Randy Ambrosi kind of learned from this, kind of learned how not to grant a CFL franchise to somebody and just do the Alouettes right. I think that's really what it comes down to is this is a fun, exciting team. People want to get behind it. People want to get behind the Alouettes and support them. But if you keep taking it away and, and, and just pissing all over it, quite frankly, that's really what it came down to was the CFL has just so badly mishandled the Alouettes over the past, I'll say 10 years to the point where fans just don't care. They just, you give them a, a little bit of hope and then you snatch it away and just drop them into another four or five years of doom and gloom and just un- uneasiness. I mean, it, it sucks. I mean, no wonder people are just like, you know what the hell with it? You can't get your stuff figured out. I don't want to be a part of it. I'm not going to buy tickets. I'm not going to buy merch. I'm not going to do anything regarding this team and who could blame them. Yeah. So I, I think it really behooves the CFL at this point to say, okay, we got to get the right people in place. We're not going to just throw anyone in there just because they have money, just because they want to own a CFL team. We want, ideally you should want the best of the best. You look at the other owners and look at the people you've had out in BC and, and, and uh, in Hamilton. I mean, like these are people that care about their team. These are people that want the team to do well and are willing to make the investment into the team itself to make them a better place. Uh, You got places like Ottawa, Saskatchewan, like, even though like they've had their hard times as well, their fans still care about the team. Their fans still care about the product. They want to support a winner. And if you give them the opportunity, they're going to come out in droves again as well. That's all Montreal. That's what people want from Montreal. And that's what Montreal fans want as well. They want the opportunity to be able to do that. So you give them something to cheer about and they will cheer. You give them a steady, stable franchise. They will get behind it. So, this really is, I really hope this was a wake up call to the league to say, okay, we, we really got to get it together, choose the right ownership group. Even if it takes some time, even if you got to run this team for the entire 2023 season, then so be it. Make sure you vet the right owners, make sure they're there for the long haul, make sure that they have the right people in place to run this team effectively. And I guarantee you this Alouette's team can be right up there as far as like the top tier teams in this league, both on and off the field. Uh, I did look it up. Uh, I mean, I couldn't have said it better than you. Uh, so I don't have much more to add on the situation there. But the Stern, according to Wikipedia, the most uh, relevant source, is the back, uh, the back or aftmost part of a ship or boat. So uh, Gary Stern to the Atlantic Schooners uh, in the future. Or, well, I guess the Argos are uh, in boatmen there as well. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> we'll forever remember the summer of Stern. That was uh, 2022 with the Montreal Alouettes. I know we're running out of time here with you, Cliffy. I uh, appreciate you joining us here on the program today. Talk everything about the Alouettes. We'll definitely be watching to see how the ownership situation resolves, what else they do in free agency going forward, and then into tra- the draft training camp and all of that. Uh, uh, where can people find your podcast? Anything else you've got going on these days? Uh, and then you on social media. Well, you can pretty much find us on all the major platforms as far as podcasts go, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and you pretty much if you can listen to a podcast, just type in Alouette's Flight Deck and you'll find us. 
or just head over to www.alouettesflightdeck.ca. You can follow us on Twitter at AlouettesFLDeck. And we're even on YouTube as well. So you can go to youtube.com slash AlouettesFlightDeck. You can find episodes there. It's audio only, but uh, Tim Capper and myself, we are actually making plans this year to do the whole video podcasting nice. as well. So we're uh, we're looking to grow this thing by leaps and bounds. I mean, we just had our season eight debut last week and we're raring to go. We, we Like I said, we were hoping to have more positive to talk about, but you know, we're... We're, we're taking things for what they are right now, and uh, we're definitely looking forward to seeing what the Alouettes do in free agency, for the rest of free agency, I should say, going into the combine and so on and so forth. And then just let's get this season going. That's that's really what it is because, I mean, it's a whole different look for the Alouettes this year. So is it going to work? Only time's going to tell. But you know that Tim and I are going to be there to break it all down. We're going to offer up our opinions, good, bad, or other, and let's just see where this goes because – that you know it, it's such an interesting dynamic with the Alouettes right now you really don't know what to make of it but man, you just can't turn away it's almost like a car crash really ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes uh entertainment at its finest everything going on uh, with the cfl with montreal alouettes right now well we appreciate you taking time out of your day to join us here today Always a pleasure to get to chat Montreal Alouettes with you, sir. And uh, we will uh, let you go here. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of free agency and the offseason uh, yet to come here uh, going forward. All right. Always a pleasure. Thanks. Keep up the great work, guys. I we was able to jump in a few times to see what you guys are up to. And as always, you're killing it. So keep up the good work. I oh, appreciate the compliments. All right. Take care. Have a good rest of your day there. Uh, we'll bring Mike back in here as well. We'll do our final reset because we're already into the final hour here. Uh, take a quick five-minute break here uh, or, or less, you know, maybe two to three-minute break. I got to get up and stretch for a few minutes here. Uh, we will be right back in a few minutes to finalize, finish wrapping up the rest of CFL Free Agent Frenzy 2023. So stay tuned. Join us again in a few minutes. 